Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Thanks to Pine Cove Summer Camps for supporting the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. You guys, the Ivy kids are going to camp. They love Pine Cove. We have been sending our kids to Pine Cove for years and years and years. And here's why. Because we trust Pine Cove. We trust their counselors. We trust their mission. And it is such a fun experience for my kids. Check out pinecove.com and use the code HAPPYHOUR250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. That's pinecove.com. Use the code HAPPYHOUR250. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, welcome to the happy hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and we have a fun show today because Carlos Whitaker is on the mic with me. Carlos has been on the show before. You guys love him and you love following him. I know you love following him because everyone's following him. Today, we have a really great conversation. In fact, Carlos had a book that released yesterday called How to Human, Three Ways to Share Life Beyond What Distracts, Divides, and Disconnects Us. And I loved having this conversation with today because we got to dive into what does it mean for us to go back to what is in our core? And and I love and value the way Carlos uh, comes at this because he is very upfront, like I'm a Jesus follower. I believe Jesus is God. I believe he was died, crucified, raised again, all the things. Yet he's like, we can be better humans, even if you only believe that Jesus was a good man. And Carlos does that in his interview today with me. He does that in a conversation with this book. He does that online through his Instagram. Carlos is a leader for us of saying, hey, how do we treat people with care and compassion that they deserve? You're going to love this conversation today. Don't forget, his book came out yesterday, How to Human. I've read it. Go get it. It's a full of stories. They're going to really push you back into what I think. And I think what Carlos would think, too, is like loving God and loving people better. So here is my conversation with Carlos Whitaker. Carlos Whitaker, welcome back to the happy hour. Well, thank you, Jamie Ivey. This seems like it's going to be like a, a yearly thing. The last time you were on was May of 2021. Oh, really? That feels like three lifetimes ago that but does like let's just be honest that feels like four freaking ever ago it does i laughed in your book when you said something like ask anyone say the year 2020 and what is their response and i was like oh yeah Triggered. that's how i feel when i talk about anything past march of 2020 i'm like oh wow uh, what was that i know i know i feel like we're just i think everyone's just finally like kind of pulling their head pulling their head out of a hole looking around going like okay what just happened you i know, know. I know. You know, it. Do, yeah. I do find it interesting. When I read that in your book, it got me thinking what I would say about 2022, because here we are, January yeah. 2023, we're turning over a new leaf, all the things. Yeah. And I feel like 2022 might be the first year that I don't go, oh my gosh, that was a beat down. Do, yeah. do you feel the same yeah. way? I feel the same way. I mean, obviously, you know, people's circumstances are going to, uh, you know, be able to guide that statement or whatever is that that they say but i i think like collectively that's what i as mean collectively humanity 
collectively as humanity, I think we're, we'd be like, you know what? It's it it was okay. Like, yeah. like like we didn't get another. It felt like 2021 was surprisingly rough. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. So I whereas know. 2022 was like, okay, like we just kind of did it. Like hey, like, exactly. I know. Awesome. Like like it, everybody kind of holds no, your breath. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I found that so interesting as I was reading your book, and I just we're just jumping in because that's how we're rolling here today. Is that yeah. 2020 did feel that way for me because collectively is the key word. Because I could say to you like 2010 was one of the hardest years of my life. Maybe not for you right. though, but it was for me. Right. You know, just some personal yep. circumstances. But then 2020 was just like, oh my gosh, everybody's going through the same the same collective hardship, and yeah. maybe for the first time in you and I's lifetime, I know that like our grandparents, my grandparents have passed, but I would imagine they would have years too, where they could say like, Oh no, you, you weren't here. And you know, during the great depression stuff, but for us in our generation, I do feel like it was a year that we all just go, wow, we collectively hurt together. And, um, you wrote, I, I I don't know how to describe this without making you feel weird. Okay. So I'm going to try real quick. (laughs) You were one of the people that almost wrote, this sounds so weird about to say, I didn't even write this down. Where's this coming from? You almost like rose out of the ashes as this, this leader for people to look to that we could go, okay, collectively this year feels pretty crappy, but you know what? Carlos is offering something else. And I don't know how you take that. And I know that you know that about yourself. Can you talk to me just for a second of where did that Carlos come from? I don't, yeah. it wasn't a new Carlos by any means. I don't want to make it sound like that. Sure. No, but it rose up in that season. <clears throat> that was such a help for your followers um, online. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how that rose up? And I don't know if it was I from love that question. something you, you talked about in your book about posting something um, and then a sweet person reposting it and it just went viral. And I don't know if it was that moment. Yeah. So I wanted you to tell me what, where did that come from? Yeah. Great. Great. You're always so good with your questions. Oh. That, that is you know, I, I feel, yeah, I mean, like, like you know, I'm hopping along 2019, early 2020. Things are good. You know, like I've got, you know, my Instagram platform is helping feed my family. I'm getting booked for events. People are buying my books. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is sweet. Like, it's fine. Like, Carlos is helping people live their best life, whatever. And then, <laughs> you know, and then 2022 hit and, or excuse me, 2020 hit. And um, I just remember... And I talk about this in, in my book, but I just remember feeling when the Ahmad Arbery shooting happened, feeling this this sense of like, oh my gosh, like my primary, primarily white evangelical conservative audience may not be ready for me to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like sitting at my desk looking at my phone um with the camera open, just like recording. I just I hit record because I was like, I need to say something. But I just didn't say anything for like an hour. I'm just, and I'm just, I delete it. And then I try to say something, I delete it. And I just remember thinking like, is, Lord, is this the time? Like, mm-hmm. is this when I'm supposed to rise to start speaking on maybe some harder things? Um, not that I hadn't spoken on hard things before, but this was True. just different, right? So I posted it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, the video was how my white friends can, how, how white people can help their black friends in this moment. And I don't know. I think I I may have lost one third of my Instagram followers in 24 hours, um, and that was when Jamie that I I freaked out. and And to be honest with you, the next morning when I woke up and I saw like seven thousand followers were gone, I I went and I hit delete on the video. Like I literally was like, I'm I'm out, Lord. Like this was a mistake. I've I've lost my career. All the, like, and so I went and hit delete. But when I hit delete. Literally, Instagram had a little pop up that said, "Are you sure?" Mm. 
And I remember thinking like, am I? Crap. Am I like, is this Holy Spirit? Just like, I'd never seen that pop up before. I just remember yeah. being like, no, like, you know, and God was like, no, like, it, it's okay. Like, the, like the people that need to come are going to come. And so I, I said, you know, whatever, I didn't delete it. And that began the moment for me where I realized that I could have hard conversations in grace filled ways. Um, and a lot of people that maybe were triggered by other people talking about it, weren't triggered by me talking mm -hmm. about it. I was talking about my experience as a black man in America in ways that were making white people that may, um, may have been triggered by other people. They, they just, they were okay with me talking about it. And mm -hmm. I thought, huh? So then I started, you know, I remember I started talking about COVID and I started talking about, you know, really everything that was hard that came and people would come to me and say, Carlos, like I've been waiting. It took you two days to write about this, but I've been waiting for your words. Mm. And because your words are the words that I, I feel like give me words. Mm. And Jamie, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just uh, leaned in and said, okay, well, Lord, apparently this is kind of the direction that you're going to have me go. And my, my followers, you know, went from, I mean, I'd say probably 99% Christians to maybe 70%, you know, their 30% of non-Christians started following me in my Instagram page. And then it got to 40%. And then next thing you know, I'm speaking to like everybody mm -hmm. and everyone's paying attention. And what, what, you know, kind of how you explain it, like, yeah, there was this Carlos, I just kind of rose like, mm -hmm. and I just remember thinking, okay, Lord, you, I've done a lot of great things in my life. I feel, I feel proud of what I've done. Mm -hmm. But I feel like right now, here I am 48 years old, and I'm just now stepping into the fullness of mm. what you've created me to do. And, and I think I was created for such a time as this, and, yeah. um, and I'm just now getting started. So yeah, it's been crazy. It's been fun. Um, but uh, it, it's been hard too. And um, it's a lot of responsibility, but I... Um, I, I, I can't imagine doing anything else or talking about anything else. Well, there's a whole conversation that I'd love to have with you that we're not going to have today about stepping into <laughs> where you feel you're supposed to be at 48. That is so encouraging to people. And I want yeah. everyone to not miss that because so many times you're yeah. like, I'm 25. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh well, listen, yeah. sit back, sweet child, because you've got a while. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. 
Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You mentioned it. You said that was a lot of responsibility. And this is what I want to ask you is, um, it is a lot of responsibility. And I want to ask you, how do you carry that weight? Uh, because I would imagine that it does feel weighty and you're trying to bring hope. And, and you released a book yesterday, uh, How to Human. It's about hope and we're going to talk about it. But how do you handle the weightiness of that? Yeah, um, I think I... I think I handled it poorly at the beginning <laughs> when, when there, I, I think sometimes that to handle weightiness, you just have to pick it up yeah. and you just have to see how heavy it is and you have to drop it if it's too heavy and you have to say, okay, what, what am I going to do? I mean, I, I think of it like if I, if I go to the gym and the first time I tried to pick up a hundred pound sa- sandbag and I picked it up and I was like, I, I can't do this. But my trainer came over and he's like, actually, if you lock your fingers together and if you use your hips and if you pull it this way. Now, what I could have done is I could have dropped it and been like, I can't give me the 50 pound bag. And I just would have kept on the 50 pound bag. But the, the, when he came and he showed me how to do it and then I did it, I was like, holy crap, I can throw a hundred pound bag over my shoulder. And so it was the same thing. So when, when I first picked it up, it was heavy and I dropped it. And I hurt people's feelings and I said some things I shouldn't say. And I just kept picking it back up. I was like, well, what if I, if I hold it this way? What if I hold it this way? And next thing you know, I was like, oh no, I can hold this. Not only can I hold this, but I can really, I can show other people how to hold this. Mm. And that's really kind of what happened. You know, I, I think by, oh, I, I think by like the summer, late summer of 2020, um, when I was primarily teaching on race in America on my Instagram page, like it's kind of just became a thing that people were coming to. And, you know, my Instagram followers went from, you know, 25,000 to 15,000 to 50,000 to 60,000 to say, and then suddenly like these, like, you know, celebrities are posting my things that don't, you know, just my talks. And, and I suddenly was like, okay, like, like I can hold this. I'm holding this. Well, um, Lord, and it really was, it was a lot of Lord. It was a lot of Lord every morning, like Holy Spirit, how do I do, how do I address the topic at hand? And so, you know, 
since then, it's it's what I do in the mornings um, after I spend time with the Lord and um, spend time in the Word. I oh, I literally open up Twitter and I look to like trending topics and what are people feeling pain about this mm. day? What is the pain point that humanity feels? And let's press in and let's talk about it. And so that's and what I do. And then you just you know? have to pick and, one because there's a thousand. Literally, there's <laughs> a thousand. You're like, Lord, you know? help me pick one pain point. I, I know. I mean, listen, listen, Jamie. Yesterday I posted on my Instagram account. So, you know, like it was just a little real, 30 second reel about, about how like, we can we can all live 15 second Hallmark movies every day. It's all you got to do is is show somebody you love them in an unexpected way. That's what a Hallmark movie is. Sprinkle. It was like the most lighthearted. I'm telling you, like I was like, I mean, I put Christmas music behind this. Let's make people somehow people were offended. Like somehow <laughs> people got offended, and I'm like, this is a you know, I mean, welcome to just you post 2020 humanity. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, people get offended by everything. But uh, yeah, I I just feel like I am, I am just now barely um stepping into I think what you know the next decade of my life. Um, this is what I want to do. This is a space I want to be in. Like I, I speak now to probably 80% um, secular corporate audiences when I'm, when I'm out on the road. Like I, I used to be the Sunday church sermon guy and I still am. There's a couple churches that'll still have me. Um, but I'm, I'm mostly speaking to non-faith based mm -hmm. um, corporate culture. And, yeah. you know, I feel built for this season. Mm -hmm. I feel built for now. These people are coming to my book table afterwards in tears wanting to know more. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like I feel more like a missionary now than I ever have. And so um, I'm just, I'm having a blast literally that's the time in my life. I love it. And it, it makes me think that, you know, your whole book is, is how to human. And you, and you mentioned just a minute ago that like you had to like make some mistakes and hurt some people's feelings at the beginning and figure this out. And to me, that's how to be, how to human, like we're going to yes. do this and we've got to learn how to do this together. You said when you were on my show in May of 2021, you said, we've got to learn to not stand on issues, but walk with people. And that's what is. I think this is about. And you know, I find it intriguing, Carlos, and I want to hear your thoughts on this is that more, Oh, I hope I don't get in trouble here. More secular organizations are wanting to have you come in and talk about how yes. do we care for people yes. and be nice to people yes. and live yes. in unity with people. Yes. Yes. Then yes. maybe churches. Yes. I whispered yes. it. Yes. I whispered it. I whispered, you whispered it. it. You, said, you said it so kindly and so nicely, but let me say it. Then people can email me or DM me. <laughs> but I literally, I literally have been uninvited. I, when I started talking about um, racism in America, I was uninvited by the majority of evangelical churches that would normally have me. And I was invited by secular corporate organizations that wanted to lean into this conversation. And Jamie, it, broke me. Mm -hmm. I was pissed. I was angry. I was, I mean, dude, I love the church. I, mm -hmm. I am a Holy spirit filled blood of the cross, power of the resurrection, Christian Jesus following dude. And my heart broke that suddenly, like, I mean, I was having conversations with pastors that were like, well, like, I mean, I'd love for you to come and talk, but like, there's just some people that follow you on Instagram and they, they feel like you're, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so, mm -hmm. yes. So there's that, but here, here's the, Here's the other side. Okay. Here's, here's the growth. Here's the healing. Um, since then, since summer of 2020, um, and since Carl angry church, Carlos was like bitter and angry at the church. I, I got to the space where I, I understood why. And listen, church churches, like the way we've set them up in America, you got to have 
a tithe to pay your mortgage of your building to pay your staff. We've locked ourselves, we've handcuffed ourselves up, right? And so I understand that, you know, there's some big givers. I went to a church, a friend of mine in in fall of 2020 spoke on uh, the Ethiopian uh, eunuch and how Philip um, went and found this black man who's from Ethiopia that was a castrated black man because he was a eunuch, right? So he was like a sexual deviant and a racial deviant. So I tell this story of, of how, listen, we've got to walk up to people that don't look like us, think like us, love like us, uh, and, you know, they don't stand on issues, but walk with people. The five biggest givers of my, at my friend's church bounced like they mm. left. And I felt horrible. Like I felt horrible. But at the same time, he just looked at me. He's like, if they can't handle right. this if they can't handle this, like I don't want them in my church. Now, the beautiful thing is over the last two years, I've seen more and more of those spaces that I was uninvited from begin to invite me back in, begin mm-hmm. to um, uh, allow me to come in. And again, I'm not going to, it's not like I'm coming in and I'm like, you know, wearing a Black Lives Matter sweatshirt <laughs> and like picketing out front. Like, no, like I'm just going to come in and say, listen, like, I feel like the last two years have set us up as the evangelical church. We are set up in the most perfect way to talk about how to love people that are unseen, mm-hmm. how to be, how to be justice, how to do these things. And, you know, um, yes, corporate America, the secular spaces were way quicker yep. to mm-hmm. that conversation than the evangelical space was. Um, but you know what? Like I've, I've, I've done my therapy. I've done some inner healing. I've done some work and me in the church. I, I, I still run camera five at my church here in Nashville, Tennessee. Every Sunday morning you come in. I It's a big smoke and haze lights. A lot of nationalist Christians that go to my church. Um, a lot that aren't, but, but a lot are, but I, I love them. I'm going to walk with them. I, if I'm going to be the one saying, don't stand on issues, walk with people, then I got to be the one running camera five in a place that sometimes makes me uncomfortable. Um, and so, yeah, so just to, to your point, I'm listen, sorry, I went off a little bit there, but no, I you're love right. It. And I'm glad that you brought that up. And, and I, I think to your point too, we've seen a lot of progression in the last, you know, two years and hopefully we're going to continue yeah. to see that uh, within yeah. church and North American church on these issues. Now yeah. um, your book, it came out yesterday. Congratulations, by the way. Thank um, you. It is one of those books that I just wanted to keep reading. You're a great storyteller. And, and you know what, in case anyone's nervous, let me just tell them you say up front in your book, like I'm a Jesus lover. Jesus is the son yes. of God, fully man, fully God died on a cross, all the things. And I love that. This is you, Carlos. <laughs> you're like, here's what I believe, but you don't have to believe that to treat people yeah. well. Th- and, and that's yes. what you're standing on. So talk to me about how to human. Yes. So first and foremost, how to human, uh, three ways to share life beyond what distracts, divides, and disconnects us, right? So I didn't write the subtitle as anyone that's written a book. That's the editor's job. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I think that's what the book's about. So yeah, Yeah. cool. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, like I I tell people again, a lot of people that follow me on my socials, they don't have the same faith I do. And, um, but they follow me because they feel like I give them good resources on how to Mm. human. And I'm using human as as a verb here. But um, I use you don't have to be an evangelical Christian to read to read this book. I, I use Jesus as the example of the greatest human to ever walk the face of the earth. I believe Jesus was the son of God. I believe that he died and rose again. You don't have you can just believe he was a historical figure and he still wins the human of the 
millennium Human of the award ever. or yeah. yeah, of the ever <laughs> award, right? And so we, we take his life and take his stories and we, we uh, I divided it into three sections. That you, again, you don't even have to buy the book. This is how you're human. Be human, see humans, and free humans. You want to buy the book, guys. Trust me, okay? Okay, okay, you want to. But be human, see humans, free humans. That's it over and over. Be human, see humans, free humans. Be fully who God made you to be, okay? If you've got like Italian DNA in you and you've never made homemade pasta, what the freak are you doing? Let's go. Go go to the store right now and make some pasta. Find those things inside of you that you were created to be. If you're from the South and you love sweet tea and country music, I mean, like love sweet tea, be so loud about those things. Be who God created you to be. But then see humans, right? Like see those around us that are invisible. Um, and then it's not enough just to see them, but free them. And though, and I, and I start breaking it down in the book, like how we can do that um, in a responsible and I think effective way. Uh, but yeah, I just, I'm really excited about the book. I feel like, you know, as I've been traveling, like more and more spaces I go to, people are just tired of hating each other. Mm-hmm. People are tired of being told to hate each other. Yes, there's still loud voices in those spaces telling you that the, this person's the enemy. And I'm, t- I'm here to say, no, actually, like we can actually do this together. We can come mm-hmm. together uh, and do this human thing right again. So I'm not the expert on humanity in the book. Jesus is. Uh, I just start pulling some ideas from his life. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Thanks to Pine Cove Summer Camps for supporting the happy hour. I know that 2023 has only just begun, but this is actually the perfect time to start thinking about your kids' summer plans. My kids have loved their camp experience at Pine Cove, and here's why. Pine Cove Camps offers a safe place of belonging and community. It's a safe environment where campers often say that they felt free to be themselves without judgment for the first time. Campers have community as well as a shared foundation of gospel truth. Pine Cove Camps is a Christ-centered, others-focused, and seriously fun uh, camp with over 50 years of experience. Every kid is going to hear the gospel. They're going to see it lived out. Their college summer staff are amazing Christian role models that you will definitely want your kids to be around. Start a new summer tradition for your child at Pine Cove this summer with camp locations in Texas, Georgia, and South Carolina. Check out pinecove.com. Use the code HAPPYHOUR250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. You know, you open up the book with a really beautiful story that I think kind of encompasses this whole idea. And you're a young boy getting your hair cut, and um, you you can tell the story if if you would like to tell it. It's in the early in the book. But I thought that starting off the book with that story was so beautiful because it did say, this is what we were created to do. So can you tell us that story? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I I just feel like... um, uh, deep down at the core, maybe deeper for some people than others, but we were all created as humans to like 
help each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, I, t- I tell a story of when I had my Gary Coleman Afro. I, if you know me, I, I would no love to now. see a picture of this too. Yes. Okay. Maybe I can send you one. Um, <laughs> but I had my little Gary Coleman Afro part. My mom would literally part it like different strokes. Like I'd have one little mini Afro on the right side of my head and then a big one on the top. And anyway, so I'd go get my haircut, at, you know, at, at this barber and uh, at North DeKalb mall. And I remember sitting there, uh, and it was actually a, like a terrifying uh, like experience for me. Like I, I called my mom when I was writing the book going, hey, can you help me unpack this and remember this? And I just will never forget like seeing this, like hearing screaming outside the doors of the barbershop in the mall and then seeing a man sprint by like holding a kid. And the kids, you know, like I, maybe I'm making it up in my head if I remember, but like I remember the kid looking terrified. And maybe I remember that because his mom came – um, next running, looking terrified. And then I just remember seeing like other people running by the window. And there were these men that were running by the window. Um, not now I know, but chasing the guy that was kidnapping this kid. And then my barber dropped his clippers and he was a really heavy set guy. And I just remember him tearing out the door, taking off right. And my mom kind of saying, Carlitos, come here, Carlitos, come here. And kind of holding me because uh, I was, I was, you know, shaking. And, um, and then, you know, we walked out and um, we, the, the cops caught the bad guy. They were interviewing all the people that helped. They, apparently they tackled the dude. But I remember, I, re- I remember specifically, obviously over the last two years, I remember it even more now as I'm like, you know, the why behind it. But I remember like these people that chased him down, like, like two, they were like, like these two young, skinny redneck looking dudes, like with mullets and like, you know, like Dukes of Hazard dudes. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then there was like, you know, like a, a, a older, maybe 50 year old black man with like moles on his neck. He looked like my uncle Denisio. I remember him. And I just remember like looking at all the different versions of people that chased after the bad guy. And now hindsight being 2020, we hate that word. I know I triggered I more people when I said that, but <laughs> hindsight being that, like now I look and I think like nobody before they started running after the bad guy, like nobody was like, hey, hey, before we chase this guy together, can we make sure we align with our theological convictions and our political opinions? And there wasn't a meeting. Everybody just dropped what they were doing and chased after to rescue mm. this boy. And I just I start off the, the book that way because I want everyone to know that. It, it is in us. It is right there. It is actually like a reaction. Like you go back to uh, September 11th, same thing, right? September 11th, our reaction in 20, in 2001, our reaction days. wasn't to pull out phones that we, that we, you know, I don't think we even had them that, but maybe had a Blackberry. I don't I remember what it was, but our reaction wasn't like to, when we saw the tragedy to pull out our devices and write a summary as to who we think we need to blame. No, our reaction was to call each other. Hey, how are you feeling? Did you know someone in New York? How's it? We were just checking on each other. So like, it's actually a, like an instinct, like a human instinct and a reaction and a reflex almost like when you hit, hit your knee at the doctors and it pops up, it is inside of all of us. And so I wanted to start off the book with that story because I, I need everybody to know that everybody, no matter what they, who they vote for or what they believe in their faith, like we're all human at the core and we all have this inside us because I believe that we were all created in the image of God who is a rescuer. And that's really built inside of us all. 
You know, I loved the reason I wanted you to tell that story because I loved the way that it set up the entire book. And it just really, it was this visual that I could see myself and I could see your barber running. I could see the clippers falling down. (laughs) I could see you running to your mom. Um, And you talk about, he came back and he was all sweaty. Like I could see that. And it made me think like, man, there are so many issues on the table in our country, particularly in America, where people think, well, I don't know if I can side with you because like I am like pro-life, but I don't know how pro-life you are. And so then we get all caught up and then we don't like them. And and then we won't listen to anything that they say because we don't like that one thing that they said. And it was so very important. And I I appreciate it so much uh, how you started that book. And I think this is going to be a really great, um, I wanted to say resource, but even more than that, a, a reminder almost like, cause yeah. I believe, like you said, like we have this in us. And so it is just yes. reminder. And for those that are our age and older, we remember a day where we didn't have a smartphone and where we couldn't right. see everyone's hot take within seconds of something happening, you know, or hear everyone's yeah. opinion. And so I think it's really beautiful. Carlos, you mentioned earlier that you're 48, you're heading into what you think is like exactly where God has put you. You're also in some transition seasons. You've got teenagers. I have teenagers as well. And it's it's this weird spot in our life that we get to where our teenagers are getting older and getting close to leaving us and our parents are getting older and getting sick. And it's it's this weird dynamic. And you've been really open uh, with your social media followers about your dad's dementia. And what that's what yep. he's been walking through. Um, I would yeah. just love to hear from you on a personal level. How does that look like for you off of Instagram, walking with your dad yep. and your kids and your wife and your family through a really um, difficult stage of life? Yeah, you know, it is. It's 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 a heavier stage of life now than I've ever experienced. Yes, I've 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 been through heavy things. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have been through heavy things. I don't. If you're seven years old listening to this right. podcast, you've been through heavy things. <laughs> but but this season of life just feels weightier, right? It just feels like meatier and um and yeah, you know, like it's 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 a blessing at the same time. So my dad is my dad um has pretty aggressive dementia. Uh, he, you know. I don't know if he completely remembers who I am until I can know that he remembers who I am. Right. And then like you, I see his eyes, almost his pupils get a little bigger and it's like, Oh, there you are. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it's been so difficult. My dad is like my hero. He's um, a great man of faith is just, just impacted so many people's lives. And um, but I think, you know, my dad is kind of so far gone into his dementia that now it's about my mom. Now it's mm. about, you know, taking care of my mom who's taking care of my dad, but my mom's, you know, she's just turned 70. And so <clears throat> she's taking care of her 82 year old husband. Yep. He kind of robbed the cradle FYI, <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, good for him because I don't know if he had an 82 year old wife, how, how, would be how she'd right be now. able to take care of but, him. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But, um, yeah, you know, so it's a lot of, I call my mom more than I've ever called my mom. Mm. I mean, I, I, you know, I call my mom more than ever, ever called my mom. Like I talk to her every day. I FaceTime her every day. I need her to let her know that, Hey, like whatever you need, like how I'm helping them, you know, financially more than I've ever, you know, like suddenly like I, I'm the caretaker. Um, and I'm still kind of taking care of these knucklehead teenagers that are, you know, you know, they're, they look like fully functioning adults, but (laughs) there's some crooked things that that I'm trying to straighten up and, you know, they're, you know, dating and about, you know, maybe an engagement in the next year. And it's, it's such a full weighty season. I'm trying not to miss any of it Mm. because it is so sweet. And yes, it's, it's, it's tragic with what's happening with my father, but listen, like every single one of us listen to this, like all of our parents are going to die. All of our, all of us are going to die. Everyone's listening to this podcast is going to die. And so like, I just, uh, yeah, no one's ever got out of it besides Jesus. And so like, I just am like, Hey, let's, 
let me document this stuff. Let me mm. talk about this stuff. Let's, and gosh, the amount of people that are just so grateful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Carlos, like my father or my aunt or my grandpa, this reminds me of this or that. It's just people are lonely. And the more vulnerable I am, the more authentic I am. I just think, again, it's it's the whole how to human thing. It's yep. seeing people. It's allowing people to feel seen when they feel so alone in their parents' dementia or grandparents' dementia. And then suddenly they see someone uh, on on their phone that's like, hey, listen, like this sucks and I'm crying and this hurts. Oh man, it just, it, it helps people feel seen. And that, that's really what I'm trying to do. So, well, I'm grateful for you. And I know that, that we already talked about it, that it is a burden letting people into your personal life. And, and I'm sure that you would say yeah. the same thing that I always say is like, uh, you let us see what we see and there's a million things behind the scenes that we don't see. Sure. Um, and so, yeah. but I am grateful because I do know the, the help that you're doing. And it's interesting that you said about your mom, because, um, when my grandfather, it wasn't dementia, but Parkinson's and he was really yeah. sick for many, many years. And it is the caregivers are really this yes. kind of unseen, very lonely, um, yeah. group of people that oftentimes we care so much, rightly so for the person who is sick yeah. or whatever, and then yeah. forget like, Oh, there's someone that lives here 24 seven that's dealing with this. Yep. And so yep. I, I'm glad that you mentioned that as well. 24 seven. Yeah. Love the caretakers, find them, love them. Um, send them a Starbucks card. They need it. Uh, Carlos, I didn't plan on asking you this, but I would love to hear 2023. This is, this is January 25th that we're airing. Your book came out yesterday. I'm so excited for everyone to get that. What is the most exciting thing you're looking forward to this year? You know, here's a little sneak peek for the happy hour audience. I'm excited because I've got another book that I'm actually currently writing. Like while I, I like literally as we record this podcast, you know, I haven't even released my my next book. People, when people hear it, it'll be out yesterday. Um, but I'm actually working on the next thing, and I am as excited as I am about how to human. Let me just go ahead and give a little sneak peek. The next book, I basically did an experiment on how oh. to. So it's like it's almost like a how to human experiment, and I disappeared for nine weeks off of uh, everything, off of all the socials, off of my phone. And I just told everyone that I was taking a sabbatical. Quote uh -huh, unquote, I remember. I yes, actually, I, I I actually did something that is going to blow everyone's minds for those nine weeks, and I can't wait for people to find it. But that's the next book that I'm writing. I, about. Now you you this is like the largest uh, cliffhanger I've ever been hanging uh, on. Just so you know, I love it. So this is what my we'll brain do. is when like, when, what, when did you do? Stop, what did he do? What did he do? Oh yeah, when we hit stop on the recording, I'll tell you, but nobody else can know. Okay, that's for sure. That's for sure. All right, Colors, I'd love to know what are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know. Jamie wants to know. We wanna know what you're reading. Um the the Benedict option, okay. Okay. By uh Rod Dre Dreher, I think is his last name. And so he kind of goes into like the the Benedictine um practice and he's way more conservative than I am, but I love to read people like that. Um, and so <laughs> I, I like this book because he's, he's making me think about some, some beliefs that, that I, that I struggle with sometimes. So I just finished this one. It's called the lonely century. Okay. Um, how, how to restore human connection in a world that's pulling us apart. We are the most connected we have ever been. And literally studies show that we are the loneliness, we loneliest we've ever been. So this book right here, mind blowing. You can, uh, there's a NPR podcast where I first heard about it. Uh, and so if you, I'm sure if you Google it, you find it, but this is an incredible book. You know, I, I love that, that you're talking about that. I've heard recently another podcast talking about that as well. And we're not going to talk about this because we don't have time, but it just makes me sure. think every time I hear these, like you're reading that book and, and you know, uh, the, the stat that you just said, I always just think like, 
do we recover from this or is this like a new right. normal? That's that's where I get like, and we're raising teenagers yeah. who have always known yeah. this. And then COVID uh-huh. happened where everyone, it's just like, where what's life going to look like when we're long gone and our kids have kids? I don't even want to know. But anyhow, uh, okay, you did say something. You said you were watching Welcome to Wrexham. Yes. I haven't seen it, but I want to. It's worth it. You love it? It is worth it. It is awesome. It turned like, first of all, I'm a huge soccer fan. Right. I like know big, that about big, you. See, season tickets to Nashville Soccer Club. Like I, World Cup nonstop. But it, what it did, this is, this is the biggest blessing that that show did for me, is it took everything I love about soccer and turn it into a story that my wife loves. Aww. And so now my, now my wife gets it. And okay. now she's like, Hey, if when we go back to England, like maybe we can like go to Wrexham. And I was like, yes, maybe we can, you know? So <laughs> I love anyway, it. yeah, I love it. I love yeah, it. I've heard great show. things about it. Well, Carlos, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. Um, and I'm excited about your next decade. I do to see that coming just like where mm, you're supposed you. to be. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh, you guys, this book, How to Human, came out yesterday. You can get it wherever you buy books. Yep. Carlos Whitaker, grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. All right, you guys. I just need you to know that after we stopped recording, Carlos told me the insider scoop to what the other project he was working on and my jaw was on the ground i can't I, i'm getting and feel like i know something that i want to tell you but i can't i'm just saying it's going to be great um if you don't follow carlos on instagram go follow him because he really just is a dealer of hope he is passing out hope left and right if you haven't listened to his podcast go check that out as well it's called human hope and he's got tons of episodes up that I think you're going to really enjoy as well. He's got other books he's released. He's been on The Happy Hour before. Uh, it was a real joy to talk with him again today. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey. Produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.